welcome to Wealth Science. I'm your host, Jesse Fuchsia, Army Ranger, real estate investor, and income enthusiast. On this show, we uncover the keys to attaining financial freedom. There are so many people listening right now who are stuck in that day-to-day, nine-to-five rat race. Luckily, it's only temporary. Each week, we bring on guests that help us discover the steps to build financial freedom, passive income, and generational wealth so we can live the life we were born to live. Money is freedom. Let's get to the show. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Wealth Science. I'm your host, Jesse Fuchsia, and today's guest is Michael Kerwin. Michael is the CEO and founder of UV Sunscreen, an innovative sunscreen company that sells across multiple retail and M-commerce platforms. He's also a graduate of the United States Military Academy and is a former U.S. Army officer. Michael, with his Shark Tank-style sunscreen idea, has taken UV from an idea on paper to retail stores across the country. Mike Kerwin, what's up, brother? This is Well Science. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Dude, cool. I can't thank you enough for like coming on this show just because it, it gets me pumped when um when I see like young entrepreneurs that have this story where like, hey, I, you know, I had a problem in the world or I had an idea and I, I kind of found a solution to it. And uh, to kind of start through that entrepreneur at like a young age in your 20s, how you've done it is super cool, dude. So just to kind of build the audience, you know, situation awareness, like just a quick intro from you, where you're from, where you grew up and how you kind of came across this idea. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you again for having me on here. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, it's nice to, to meet people who are also trying to do things, trying to make a difference in the world for people and try to inspire people. So it's always great. Um, but like I said, I'm, I went to the U.S. Military Academy. I'm from Groton, Massachusetts originally. Um, I was the first person in my high school to go to West Point. Um, and first person in my family to be in the military. So it was uh, quite the culture shock. Um, was there for four years. I studied mechanical engineering. Um, and when I got in the army, I was an infantry officer. Um, and I, I really wasn't really interested in entrepreneurship at all. I really didn't never thought about it. I kind of always thought myself as just kind of like a pretty, pretty normal kid, you know, didn't have any over ambitions or anything like that. Um, but as I started getting older, as I got in the army, I was really trying to keep up the habits we built at West Point, trying to, to do stuff in my free time. I was taking classes at night. I was trying to, to build up as much as I could. I, I wanted to learn as much as I could. And I was really trying to, to branch out and try to try new things. Um, and so uh, about a year went by of me doing this. And uh, one of my friends had been running a podcast or, or excuse me, running an app and a podcast and he was trying to, to kind of get it going. And so um, he kind of introduced me to entrepreneurship and I was I really, I never thought about it, but I kind of had looked back and took some time to reflect on myself and realize that a lot of the things I had done in my life were kind of connected to that. Um, in school, I was, was always trying to follow new ideas and I was always trying to, to solve new problems and try to be, be a leader and everything. So, um, long story short, I was getting ready to, to go to my first, um, station, which was Fort Stewart, Georgia. And um, I was thinking about what my new lifestyle is going to be like. I feel like when people move, it's a new opportunity for you to create new habits and create a whole new life. And um, I really thought, you know, maybe I should actually look into doing something 
productive in my free time that I, I think I could really try. And so the only idea that I've ever had in my life was the sunscreen idea. And so, um, you know, I'm pretty pale. I'm sure most people that are, are pretty pale can empathize with me. Um, you know, especially as a kid, I used to, you know, go outside, go to pools, go to the beach. And my, and my mom would struggle to put sunscreen on me and, you know, it would wash off. And I just would always get roasted. I used to get so many sunburns. I mean, even as an adult, I go to the beach and I still can't apply sunscreen fully. You know, it washes off. I get these random burns. And so, um, sunscreen's always been kind of a really big thing in my life. I realized I need to use it. It's an important thing. And so I was really trying to seek out to solve this problem of people missing spots and getting sunburned. And the kind of two motivations for me doing that was one, you know, everyone who's gotten a bad sunburn knows how much it ruins like your whole vacation. It ruins like your day with your friends. Like it's, it's the worst thing ever. Dude, at um, least 24 to like 72 hours after just, just throw it in the trash, dude, at least with me. I mean, I'm pale too. So I'm, I'm totally following where you're going with this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it sucks to look back on those memories and it's like, they're all tainted by, by sunburns. And so, um, that was part of my motivation. And then it really got real for me when I was in high school, my grandfather was diagnosed with skin cancer and it, it really started making me realize that it wasn't even like a, a joke anymore. I really realized like how serious skin cancer was and how, you know, serious getting sunburns was to increasing the risk for it. And so, um, the only idea I ever had was to try to solve this problem. And so I, um, I had a couple of other ideas in the past, but I, wanted to really try to actually make a company. I want to actually try something and start experimenting. And so I came up with this idea to create fluorescent sunscreen and to include a black light in the packaging of the bottle that would allow you to see where you apply it. And um, when I first set out, I had no idea if it was going to work. My first, um, my first step, of course, was I tried to learn as much as I could about sunscreen. And I, my thought was if I could mix something fluorescent with sunscreen and make it work, then, you know, some kind of chemists and people that know things about sunscreen can figure it out. And so my first move was I took invisible ink, which is in pens as a kid, and I mixed it with just store-bought, you know, Neutrogena sunscreen and uh, miraculously it worked. And so I... I, I kind of gave you the inspiration that I know this idea can work. Obviously, you can't put ink on your skin, but it gave me the idea of, wow, like, I actually need to, to figure this out. And so um, I moved to Fort Stewart. I bought a 3D printer and I started printing lights to try to figure out how to integrate a light with the, the uh, tube. And so originally, I was trying to put lights in the cap. Um, and eventually found a way on on the print, which it is currently now. But I started designing hundreds of different ideas how to create a light that was going to be with the packaging. And I started mixing hundreds of ingredients. Um, every day I was going to work, still doing my normal job in the Army. I used to bring index cards to work with me. I used to write down ideas or, you know, sometimes I'd make phone calls. I was reaching out to all kinds of different people to try to help me with this problem. And so the problem was I was mixing a lot of things with the sunscreen, but a lot of fluorescent materials weren't working. And so um, I was on this quest to find something to work and, and why wasn't it working. So I, I basically had to learn a lot about sunscreen, a lot about chemistry, and there really wasn't anyone out there that was like a golden ticket to figuring this out. I kind of took like bits of information from a lot of different people, but it really just took my own accord to, to determine. It. And so um, it took me over a year and I mixed hundreds of ingredients. I used to 
buy sunscreen from the store, from the store, um, put them in solo cups. And then I'd solo cups like all over our dining room. And I'd, I'd mix them and I had UV lights to check them. And so eventually I was able to find an ingredient and I was able to create a sunscreen formula um, that worked. And as I was doing that, I was creating lights. I was, you know, giving them to people. I was trying to figure out what was the best way to integrate lights in the container. And um, before I knew it, I was so excited about doing this. I didn't even really kind of look at his work. It was like, Every day, there was something like new that was like a puzzle I was trying to solve. And so before I knew it, I, I, I felt like I had to start a company. I had already put all this time in. I, I felt like I really had something. So I started an LLC. Um, I got some money from friends and family. Um, I applied for a patent, which I was able to get um, just this year. It took almost four years to get. Um, and so I started going through this process of trying to create a finished product. I was in Savannah. I was trying to um, get art, art school students to design the label for me and to create marketing content for me. And so I was really trying to create a really lean company with very minimal money. And so, um, you know, basically where I am today, uh, four years later, still trying to create the finished products. Um, I ran a Kickstarter in May for $5,500. Um, and I'm about a month away from having final products to be ready for the, the spring and summer 2022 season, which is kind of the main um, season for sunscreen. So I'm looking forward to launching it. There's no other sunscreen out there like it. I was very fortunate to get a patent for it. Um, and, you know, I'm just looking for the opportunity to, to sell and to hopefully try to help people uh, protect themselves in the sun. Yeah, dude. I mean, this this idea is super unique and, and so applicable to so many people out there. I mean, not only yeah, A, like sunscreen suck, like, you know, we mentioned that, but B, like obviously sunscreen, and I'm sure scientifically like data will support that, like it prevents skin cancer, just as you were saying. Um, so, I mean, two great kind of like corners of like how we, you can help people and have something unique. And I've totally been in this boat before too. Like I've missed like entire like pieces of my body and now I'm like sunburned or I look like a, a checkerboard or like something like that out there. I look like an idiot, but dude, this is super unique. Like I'm curious, like when you first came up with this idea um, a couple of years ago, I mean, what, what was like the initial reaction from like friends, family, like your immediate network where people like, dude, this is like crazy, Mike, get out of here. Or like people like, yeah, hey dude, like this happens to me all the time. This is actually super unique. I'm curious. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think the, the stereotypical thing for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's usually like rejected by people. Yeah. There's a lot of naysayers. I would say there was probably like a couple of naysayers out there, but fortunately for me, a lot of people were really supportive. People were surprised I come up with this, you know, like you, there's so many people out there. It's such a, an emotional connection getting sunburned, uh, you know, having things around skin cancer. And so there's a lot of people that were really behind it and really understood where I was coming from. And so that, that was really promising. That really gave me a lot of momentum going forward. On the caveat that to though, um, it's very difficult to make a product as I realized. I thought it was going to be a lot easier than it is. And so um, putting together a product, people kind of have an expectation of what it is in their mind. And you're trying to like almost reach the expectation. And some people imagine that in a lot of different ways. And so it's, it's really positive for me that there's a big need for it and that people really care about it. And that's such a positive thing. But now it puts a ton of pressure on me where it's like, all right, I know that that's there. I know it's a possible thing. Now I need to like figure out the best way to do it. And so there's so many different possibilities and things like that. And so that kind of 
opened up a lot of different avenues to actually create the product and do all those things. But it was extremely fortunate. People were, were shocked I was doing. I mean, even today, I'm very lucky that, you know, I mentioned to people, you know, quick one liner about it and people, a lot of people get very excited about it. And I'm, I'm really, really grateful that I had this idea and that it is something that is important. And I know there's a lot of people out there that want to start companies that doesn't don't have ideas or maybe don't have them like well formulated. And it can be a frustrating experience for them where they, they don't have as much support for that. Um, so it definitely gives me a lot of motivation to, to make a better product and actually kind of make it happen. Yeah, dude, that's, that's super cool. And I think that's awesome that like your family, like from a general point of view was like, yeah, like we've unfortunately been affected by this terrible disease of skin cancer. And like, this could easily be a solution to that problem that you found that nobody else out there is doing right now, which again, I think is really like the cornerstone. I've never heard of putting an actual light inside a sunscreen bottle. And that's super unique. It's funny how you kind of stumbled upon that to find a solution to this problem. I'm curious. And like today, like we live in a world where people like glorify the shark tank style idea of like going on TV and selling like 5% of their company to Mark Cuban and stuff like that. Like, what do you think like young entrepreneurs who want to take that, you know, next billion dollar idea from like prototype to like, or from idea to actual prototype, like, what do you think is something that they're missing or they're just not thinking about or considering that maybe hit you or slapped you in the face as you're going through this process? I'm curious. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, part of my motivation came from Shark Tank. Originally, my idea when I was in high school was to take an ultraviolet camera and to film people's faces. And under this ultraviolet camera, um, sunscreen appears black. And so I, I remember watching um, Shark Tank in, in college with my dad. Someone created this idea and they got an investment from Kevin O'Leary. And I remember sitting there and being like, wow, like, I can't believe that. I, I had this idea, like I could have made this. And it turned out that idea wasn't that great and ended up kind of leading to my own idea. And honestly, today, like I, I can't even watch Shark Tank. Like it just makes me, it gives me like anxiety to like watch it. I can't even kind of do it. But um, I would say the biggest thing, I've fallen this trap quite a bit, um, where people are really focused on kind of the outside factors. People are really, really, you know, focused on the image of like, like themselves or a lot of things that don't really relate to their company. I think a lot of people ask me a ton of questions because of Shark Tank, but like a lot of those questions that they hear on Shark Tank or they hear like the sharks ask, like they're just they're not applicable to me at this point. And like, you gotta just like really, really focus on what you're doing. And like, you have to focus all of your energy and time into doing like those core functions. Like, all right, I'm making a product that solves this problem that people want it. Like, you know, my dad used to say, like when I was playing sports growing up, like, you know, if you're good, they'll find you. And that's kind of the mentality that I'm taking now where it's like, you know, people can say how great your company, your ideas, and this and that, but we're really only, the only thing that really matters is actually selling it and being successful and like whatever your company's going to be. And so, you know, Shark Tank's a great thing. It's, it's funny that people kind of go on this entrepreneurship kick, but I feel like a lot of people really focus on a lot of those outside things and they don't really understand like what's actually going on. You know, I've met a lot of entrepreneurs, especially veteran entrepreneurs since I've been out of the army the last few months. And I can tell you, I've like never met a company that has like everything going for them. And so sometimes we get this idea of like, oh yeah, like if you want to create a good company, like it needs to be, you know, this and that, your profit margin, your sales, and, and like all these things need like your ducks in a row. And like that stuff just like isn't realistic. 
And so you got to really focus on like what you are good at and like what you can actually bring to the table. And all of those things will end up falling into place. But you have to tune out a lot of the extra information or the extra extra things that aren't really contributing to what you're doing. And so, um, you know, that's kind of my, my advice for people who are trying to, to do something. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. And it's like, it's almost like people, whatever they, they see on TV, not to say that it's fake what goes on on TV, but I definitely don't think that like we see the whole story from the audience. And it's like, you can like ask for as much money and for whatever percent you want. But at the end of the day, if your sunscreen doesn't protect you against the sun, it's like, who cares about your product, dude? It like just goes back to what your dad said. Like, if you're good, they'll find you. Like doing those core functions to ensure that product is like as good as possible and it is meeting every, uh, you know, requirement or whatever you're trying to utilize it for. So dude, yeah, su- super interesting. I'm, I'm curious, like when you were building out the logo and, and really like when you were in Savannah, like approaching art students and stuff like that, I mean, what, what were those conversations like and really like kind of pushing your vision to those art students to help design the logo? Because if I remember right from the first time we talked, like you went through multiple drafts and, and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm curious what that process was kind of like. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, I was very fortunate. There's an art school in Savannah where I was living at the time. And, um, you know, obviously creativity, you know, branding, not my forte. And so I, I really need to, to see some help on that. And so um, the art school had this website where people can like post their work and, and things. And so I was basically going on the website, finding graphic designers and reaching out to them. And I was trying to set up a coffee with them. And so um, it was a very interesting experience for me. I probably had gone through like 20 different graphic designers before I found a girl that actually worked with, with me. Um, and I, I think this kind of goes back to like what we were just talking about too. Like people kind of have this idea like of companies of like they all start somewhere. And so when I was approaching a lot of these graphic designers, you know, my pitch for them basically was like to kind of be a part of this. I mean, you know, you're you know, from a college student perspective, and I thought I was offering a great opportunity. It's like, you're doing like a very real thing. You know, you are creating a brand and you're helping me create a brand for a company. This isn't a project. This isn't, you know, something that your teacher told you to do. This is like a legitimate thing that you can put on a resume. This is a legitimate thing that you can like feel some ownership of, especially because it's such a huge part of the company. And so that was kind of my pitch. I was going to give them equity um, you know, vested over the amount of work that they were going to do. And, you know, a lot of them I even offered money to, I would say, you know, Hey, if, if the vesting isn't way you're bad, like, you know, I'll give you X amount of money, you know, I'll give you $200 to make the logo and for the, the way they'll give you 500 bucks, you know, it should hopefully take, you know, a month of your time or whatever. And I can't tell you how many people stopped at that. They, <laughs> they thought that, and it's not their fault. I mean, they're college students that are like prestigious art school. They they really thought that I was just lowballing them. That I I it's it's hard to get across to people like that, it, and that's extended across my entire time of creating this business. Is like you have to start somewhere, and you kind of whenever you're approached by an entrepreneur, or people starting out, you have to be empathetic towards them because it's like I don't have the money to like do this stuff, and so you know, like my pitch was all about being a part of it, doing a very unique thing, and I really had a passion believe in that. Where it's like you can't trade that experience for school. And so I get it, like, you know, you might think you're a great graphic designer and you're probably going to get a 10 times better job, like getting out and all this stuff. But this is a really interesting and cool thing you can do. And, you know, if the company actually does well, then you actually could make some serious money. Um, so that was an interesting experience for me. I, I really didn't think it was going to be as difficult as it was. And 
I really had to tailor my pitch and I really had to kind of approach it from a different way. Um, and it's also hard finding people that want to actually put the time in. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people that are a lot of talk, you know, they have this, they say they want to do things. And, you know, when you're doing this company, there's like no room for that. It's like, all right, well, you actually have to add value to it. And I'm just kind of one of those people that's like, you know, can I just do it myself or, you know, or is this person actually going to do it? Like, and so luckily I was able to find like a great craft designer and, um, we went through so many different iterations and she brought a lot of intangible things that like I hadn't even really like dove into yet. Now I'm kind of familiar with it, but you know, as far as creating like a whole, you know, profile around your company, creating, you know, mission statement, vision statements, creating, you know, um, attributes for your target market, creating personas, creating mind maps, you know, all this type of stuff that really was able to help build and kind of narrow down, you know, a few words that the brand wanted to be. And so then we kind of just started designing labels. You know, I was pretty hard set on the colors, which, you know, people can say they're good or bad colors, but I really wanted the purple just because the light is purple. And so um, I, you know, we started designing like labels and labels. I tried to look at other brands and try to use some inspiration from them and bring some elements in. And um, we would generally design three labels. And then I would basically reach out to as many people as I could to ask about it. And I, I used to like kind of have different groups of people. I had, like three different groups. It was like my friends, like my family. And then like, there was like a third group of people that like, I actually really cared about. It was mostly girls because I was trying to actually like get kind of their, I wanted that perspective of like a kind of a high end sunscreen product. And so I kind of took their, um, you know, their opinions into play, but I really wanted to hear what the people who probably were going to buy it really thought. And so I would do three iterations, pick the best one go back to the drawing board, like, all right, like, you know, what do we like about it? And so after doing some iterations like that, we're able to find um, what I think is a, is a label that's that's good enough um, and gets, gets the job done. So um, it was a very interesting process for me. I've definitely kind of learned my lessons from it. And if, if I have any advice for people that are doing branding or things like that, it's, um, and honestly, just bring products in general, it's that you have to just kind of make a decision. There's just, there's always going to be people that are going to hate it. There's always going to be people that are going to like it. And you got to really kind of stick to like what you're trying to go for and listen to people that you really want the opinions from because you can just go around and around circles. You know, there's so much market research out there. You know, these colors are great. These shapes are great. You know, this font. And it's just like, sometimes it's just overwhelming the choices you have to make. And so um, I was fortunate that I had her as a, as a partner to go through that. Um, and you know, arrive at some label could be a good label, could be a bad label, but you never really know until, until you try. Yeah, no, dude, this is, this is so cool. And I just want to like, I didn't want to gloss over that. Like I really wanted to like deep dive because I think that branding is so important to any startup business and any business period. And like pitching that vision to like college art students to have them buy into it. And I totally agree with you too. Like having that real world experience is like something that cannot be, undermined or underrated or, or anything like that, like to give, like, that'd be pretty cool. Like, who knows? This could be the next, very well could be the next major sunscreen company and be like, dude, Hey, I started as the chief design officer, like on the logo. How cool would that be? So like, just to have that real world experience, I think is so powerful and what you're coming to them and, and offering them with, I thought was super cool and, and giving a buy-in to the, to the deal as well. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like kind of as a follow-up, like once you had the logo, you know, hammered down, okay, my logo's good. My product's good. 
obviously you begin like the marketing process and stuff like that. Like what, what were your kind of first thoughts with how you're going to go about marketing this? And I know you're still deep into this process right now. Like uh, I'm curious, like when I think of like hustle and marketing, like in Savannah, I'm thinking of like going up and down the beach, like, Hey, try this product, try this product. Like you've never seen anything like this. Like what was your, you know, beginning thoughts on your marketing plan and, and stuff like that? I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, just to get feedback from people. I was just trying to, to get as many people as I could to get their opinions. Um, I would say early on for marketing, I was trying to learn as much as I could. I mean, I was going, I was going home and just reading. I've spent hours and hours just reading articles about digital marketing, you, know, you name it, whatever marketing it is. And so um, I basically was just trying to create like a plan for it. Um, I was reaching out to tons of West Point graduates in marketing, um, trying to get advice from them, you know, what are good things that work, what aren't, you know, what are good strategies and tactics. And so, um, I mean, that like say that's still pretty up in the air of whether I do a strategy now, we'll see if that strategy does kind of kind of work out. Um, early on, I was I wasn't super concerned about getting it out because um, the major challenge that I didn't really anticipate was putting together the final products. And so I didn't really have much to show people to start. And so that was a big challenge is that, and honestly, to this day, I don't really have a ton. Um, so actually getting vendors to make these things was was probably one of the most challenging parts about it. And I really didn't expect it to be that challenging, but it's, you know, right, like I said, to this day, I'm still, still with those challenges. And so I really underrated just logistics, you know, supplies, getting vendors, negotiating deals, things like that. And so... I would say those were kind of more time pertinent things. The marketing stuff I was kind of building over time has become super important the last year or so. Um, and I, I would say from my like marketing stance, the, the way that I kind of figured it and the way I kind of learned it, and most people will tell you is that, you know, you really have to focus in on the people that want to buy it. And then you really got to look at what they use, you know, what kind of platforms they use, what's, you know, kind of, the things that they care about, what are the things that they read, you know, those kind of things. And so I'm really trying to try a lot of different marketing strategies and a lot of different techniques and try to really hone in on the ones that I can be good at. For example, I'm really trying to get into social media influencers and bloggers because they, especially low level ones with like less than 100,000 followers, um, there's a lot of them out there that have a great following, a very loyal following for skincare products especially like mothers, my target market is, is parents of young children. So, you know, that's kind of one example of, you know, skincare in particular is very heavily influenced by, you know, recommendations from people or sometimes influencers and bloggers. And so if I can kind of win over certain niches of that, then I can create like a very, very loyal, small following. So I would say that's probably like my most applicable marketing tactic, um, but you know, we'll see how it kind of works out. Then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's awesome. And I've heard that from so many people already. And even in marketing this podcast, like as I was talking to marketing guys, they're like, Jesse, figure out who your audience is and then find out where they hang out at. If it's whatever, if it's Facebook, if it's Instagram, if it's LinkedIn, and then go there and, and start figuring out how they think and what they like and what they don't like. So I, I, I love that idea. I mean, bloggers, social media, um, social media influencers and stuff, targeting parents with young children who obviously want to take care like sunscreen is a big deal in, in young children and making sure it's, it's properly applied. I mean, I could totally see parents out there getting hooked on this or, or being like, man, I, I really want to 
you know, use this product to make sure I'm properly applying sunscreen and stuff like that. So I, I love that idea too. When it comes to like the raising capital piece, and I, I know you did a Kickstarter for this, like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I'm not like a startup entrepreneur by any stretch of the imagination. So I guess like kind of a follow-up question, what, what exactly is a Kickstarter? I assume it's just raising capital for a venture or, or a new product. And, and what was kind of the process that you underwent and uh, I guess, how did it turn out and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the Kickstarter uh, was something I wanted to do from the beginning. Um, I think, you know, it's it's not as lucrative as it as it may seem. I only raised fifty five hundred dollars, um, and so I raised seventy thousand dollars from friends and family to get this company off the ground. And so it definitely wasn't like a large amount by any means. Um, so the point of Kickstarter is you put up a project and you have different tiers of rewards, and so people commit money to those tiers and you give them a reward in return. And so mine's pretty simple. It's like, you know, you pledge $25, you're going to get a bottle. And so it's supposed to be kind of this part of where people believe in the project and they want the project to occur. And so when I did the Kickstarter this year, most people do the Kickstarter is like they need the money to do the project. Um, I pretty much gotten through all the hurdles I needed to and spent all the money that I needed to get you know, production going, but the, you know, the fifty five hundred dollars will definitely take. Uh, it was definitely important, but I really wanted to do the Kickstarter because I didn't, I didn't have the products, and I still don't have them. But it was a good way to put out the product on a kind of a universal platform and to see what people will think about it, and also just put it out there without actually having something. And so, um, my advice to people who are trying to Kickstarters is that. You want to sell like a really low goal. I really want to raise $10,000. I really should set my goal at a thousand. Um, and you know, honestly for Kickstarter, like if you're not willing to spend money on advertising, which I was not willing to do. And like the tons of companies out there try to rope you on these schemes, you know, spend X amount of money, you know, we'll make X amount of ads. And like my whole goal was I didn't want to spend any money on advertising. I was really trying to generate a lot of interest through, um, through media, through public relations and reaching out to media outlets. It wasn't as successful as I thought, and I, I learned some lessons kind of going forward, but um, it was definitely a good way to get out there. I got a lot of reception from a lot of different people in different fields, people that were interested in the product, people that were interested in covering the product. Um, I was featured, uh, there's this company out there called Mintel, they're a market research company, and I didn't find out until months later, but they picked my sunscreen as one of the most innovative sunscreens of the year. Like, yeah. yeah, I didn't even know that. Like, someone randomly had found that and, like, saw it, recognized it, and put it in there. So, it's like, you know, it was a good way to kind of get it out. I was really projecting out my products done in the summer. So, it's a little fortunate that it's been a little bit longer. But um, I would say, you know, if people are looking to Kickstarters, I don't, I don't think it's a great way to raise money because I, I don't think it's as lucrative as people, as, as the website makes it seem. But I think it is a good way to, to put ideas out there and kind of put together stuff for people to see, um, especially if they're not really at the you know, final stage of their time to go. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And again, like I didn't even know like the real purpose of the Kickstarter, but because I went in Kickstarter in my mind, I think like raising capital to whatever, build more of the product or outsource something or, or whatever. But now in this situation, like you utilized it just to generate interest and it ended up having a super positive impact by you getting featured um, in that, which is super cool. as one of the most innovative sunscreens. 
Um, I'm, I'm curious, like when it comes to like what the future of UV and, and really marketing, and I, I assume the end state goal for you is to obviously get this into major retail stores and stuff like that. And I know it's, it's hyper competitive, like retail, um, store, like shelf capacity and, and what sunscreens they allow, what they don't, or, or just products in general. So I was just curious on that process of like, again, taking the product from, Hey, I've got, you know, it right here, we're about to launch this marketing plan and I'm about to start pitching um, retail stores and stuff like that. I guess, what's that process of actually getting it on the shelves of retail stores like? Yeah. So I would say there's kind of two different avenues to sell. There's direct consumer and there's through retail. And so um, I'm trying my hand at both. You know, if the direct consumer world works better, which is we, we are kind of in that world where there's a lot of direct consumer brands, the more power to me, it can be more profitable. It's a little bit easier to do. Like you say, it's difficult to get into retail stores. So I would say on kind of one front, I, I have this whole kind of marketing strategy with influencers and kind of this whole like public relations thing where I'm going to try to generate traffic and try to sell online, which will also help enable to get into retail stores. But getting into retail stores, um, my strategy is I basically am trying to get into really small boutique retailers. So um, boutique retailers could be like anything from like a surf shop to like a skincare shop to just any kind of mom and pop shop. I'm really like I beach stores on the beachfront. Um, I'm looking at like local pharmacies, theme parks, like any any place that sells sunscreen that I think that I can pitch my story to. And so, you know, I really want people to like the product, but in, you know, the way that the world is today, you also have to have a story behind it. And I have a relatively compelling story. And so that's kind of my strategy. I basically outreach to many uh, retailers across the country. Um, I try to find them. I have different ways of, of prospecting them. I create email campaigns. I call them someplace so even I visit in person, whether it's around here. Um, especially when I have my products, it's a lot easier to do that with samples and things like that. But uh, basically trying to start small. And, you know, part of it for me, part of this company is like, I obviously want to do well and make money and, you know, get the product out there. But for me as well, it's a really good developmental experience for me. And it's really good to get the experience to do a lot of different things. And so it's good to get the digital marketing experience trying to sell online. And it's good to get the experience trying to, to sell the retailers. And so, um, you know, I personally really like trying to sell the small retailers because I can relate to them. I mean, they're, they're just these, you know, mom and pop people, they're small business owners. They, you know, care about their communities, you know, whatever it is. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I'm just starting out and, you know, I have a lot of respect for them because they went out on their own and started a business. And so, you know, I like that aspect to it. And so, um, you know, the big retailers, yeah, they may come someday. I'll, maybe I'll be prepared for that. I'm not, I'm not too concerned about them. I'm trying to, to get into as many small retailers as I can, get the product out there, hopefully iterate it, make it better, um, and you know, generate good content to sell online. Um, so I'm really trying to start small in the retailers. And my kind of thought is, you know, you never know what's gonna happen. You know, the world's kind of coming back to normal. So trade shows are gonna be a bigger deal. Um, you know, I hope that I can go to some trade shows and you kind of just never know you're gonna meet. And so I'm saying my bar pretty low because, you know, some of the major players at CBS and Walmart and Target, which are my main goals, they're over the hard to get to. But, um, you know, it, it can be compelling to, to get a bunch of local people together. And, you know, sometimes those are better places for people to buy sunscreen. Yeah, no, it's super, uh, super interesting. And I was just curious about that process and how that works. And, 
I, I love the idea of like targeting mom and pop owners and, and really, I think this could really excel, like you said, in kind of the boutique style store where it is like locals going there or they're on the boardwalk or whatever. They're um, going to the amusement park and stuff like that. And also like, I just think this, this product is going to peak at like the perfect time where now you're going into the winter time, you're really building it up, uh, pitching it to retailers. And that's going to peak next spring and summer, because obviously coming out of COVID, like amusement parks are shut down. Um, people can't gar- uh, gather in large, uh, you know, groups at probably like beaches and stuff like that. So like just coming out of this COVID uh, world and kind of working into this, uh, this next one here, like I could totally see this as you start to build it up this winter, um, have it peak, you know, next spring or, or summer. So this, this is super exciting. It's going to be really cool to watch this. Um, as, as we work our way and we're going to wrap up here in the next few minutes, I've got two more questions for you that I want to hit you with and, and neither are, are, are entrepreneur or uh, sunscreen related, but one, one kind of is, but uh, the last two things I want to hit you with dude. And, and we've talked about it a lot kind of already, but if you could just sum it up, like obviously there's someone out there listening who might have the next billion, maybe it's the next Facebook, maybe it's the next, you know, whatever idea. They're just not taking action to like put it to work. Like I'm curious when it comes to like crushing limiting beliefs and what kind of took, you know, helped you take this from paper to real life. Like what, what thought, what are your thoughts on that? And what advice do you have on any young entrepreneur who has limiting beliefs on, you know, taking their idea to real life? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I've always kind of lived by this notion that there's kind of never a better time to present, you know, you never, you know, never getting any younger. The commitments are never going to get less. And, you know, I really appreciate West Point kind of treat, like, you know, teaching us that there's always more a day that you can do. And, you know, people that have ideas, I guess there's kind of a couple of different components to it. I would tell um, people on the one hand that things will never change unless you actually do something about it. And it's just an excuse to say that you don't have enough time in the day, that you don't have enough, you know, whatever, to, to get it done. And so, even just making small steps towards that, you know, maybe it's a half an hour a night for a couple of nights out of the week, you sit down and just do whatever you're going to do and research it, or you're going to, you know, talk to people about it or whatever you're going to do, making those small steps to try to get to a point where, you know, you realize whether it's viable or not. And I, I really encourage people that they got to really look at it as it's like an enjoyable thing to do. It might not always be enjoyable. Let me tell you, I mean, I've been so stressed probably more in my entire life at times with this company. And there's a lot of very unenjoyable things about it. But at the, at the end of the day, I really enjoy doing it. And it's given me a lot of really good highs and a lot of really good feelings about myself and kind of what I'm doing. And so I would say for people, like you got to really approach that with the mentality. You got to really approach it as like, this isn't even really like a, like a work thing for me. This is like, like a hobby, like something that I care about, something that not only do I think could be like financially viable for me or be an idea, but it's also something that I'm, I'm enjoying and I'm developing myself at it. Like you gotta really enjoy that, you know, you know it's cliche, but like that process. Um, and you don't have to move the world all in one day. You know, it, it could take just like I said, a few minutes a day, you know, this and that, just building up to it. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I spend a lot of time at night working on my stuff, but you, you wouldn't believe how much stuff you can get done if you just dedicate like a half an hour a day doing something and just being disciplined and um, just doing that a few times, just feel a lot better about yourself. But the last thing I'll say about it and, you know, also a little cliche, but you just can't let anyone discourage you about your ideas. And that's, 
you know, I just can't exaggerate that enough. And, and I'm glad that people kind of told me that over, over time. It's so easy to get people to, to throw down your ideas, especially people that are not doing anything and like not doing this stuff. Like it's, you'll always find someone that's always going to hate something about it or he's going to be a naysayer. He's going to have this to say or this or that. And I kind of just tell people, you know, you're just not talking to the right people. You know, like I, I can't like my sunscreen example is not everyone's going to use my sunscreen. If I talk to, you know, 10 people, you know, five people might hate it, but those five other people that love it, I mean, it's all worth it. And so you really got to find the people that really want to be a part of it, that really care about it. And those are the people that will, you know, motivate you to do more, but don't really be discouraged by the people that, that say no, because they don't really know. And honestly, you don't really know until you actually try. And so, um, as you know, so many people know, a lot of the greatest entrepreneurs and greatest companies have been started out because people have been discouraged by it. But, you know, it's, I, I think people today with the internet and resources and things like that, there's all kinds of entrepreneurs that, you know, I've even reached out to, I've reached out to CEOs of companies like all the time for phone calls. People like give me phone calls, it's unbelievable. You know, sometimes you just never know who like the motivation you're going to get from, but, you know, you really got to stick with it and at least do your due diligence to say like, this idea isn't going to work because I don't, I don't think that this idea is going to work. Not because, you know, my dad said it wasn't going to work and my friends didn't say it's going to work. Um, so, you know, at least do due diligence, you know, find time to put it together and, uh, and, you know, you never know what it'll turn out to be. Yeah. I mean, so, so much, you know, great nuggets in there. And it's like, I forget you said the quote, it might've been like Martin Luther King Jr. or someone, but he was like, you know, you can take the first step without having to see the entire staircase. And it's like, it's fine to take that first step. And and like you said, it, it could just be 30 minutes a day or it's 45 minutes a day, but just being persistent and consistent and just laying that brick every single day. And, you know, over a week, it might seem insignificant over a month, but if you do that for a year, if you dedicate 30 minutes a day for a year to, to feeding this dream or building this little side hustle, if it's, you know, an entrepreneur idea, if it's, if it's real estate, if it's stocks, crypto, whatever it is, if you just dedicate 30 minutes a day to getting better at it over a course of like 12 months, like you're going to make so many gains. It's, it's crazy. But yeah, dude, I, I love all that. I mean, so many great notes on your end. I, I think the consistency and the persistence piece is, is huge and, and, and that's what, you know, people, people, again, they look at the results after a month and they're like, you know, screw this. But like you said in the beginning, dude, this was over a year in the making just to get the product right. Let alone like pitching retail stores and stuff now. And it's just crazy. Um, the last thing I wanted to hit you with, dude, before we close this out, and I, I hit this with everybody. Um, okay. You know, let's say we're two years from now or five years from now, 10 years from now, whatever, you know, um, UVs all over the world, dude. It's in every retail store. You're selling like 10 million bottles a year, whatever. Mike Kerwin's living the perfect life. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want to take it to, to 10 million a year. Um, but yeah, uh, my ideal life is, and hopefully this company kind of leads me to that. I mean, you know, money to me offers you freedom, which is the, the nice thing that so I'm trying to, to seek. And I would say the main things that, that money can kind of do for me is, you know, one of my passions I like in my life is I just like want to go travel. I just want to take time off, take months off, just go to different countries. I've always just been, I've always just like loved maps growing up. I've like loved the world. Like I just want to just go 
and just, you know, go see it, go like live your life, go you know, pursue these hobbies um, and kind of do all those things. And I say on the one front, you know, I, I hope I can do that stuff. And I hope I can you know, get to a point where, you know, I have enough money and I can do that. But on the other hand, um, you know, something that I really appreciate about the Army and just West Point in general is the thing that makes it good and that makes it enjoyable is really the people you're around. And, you know, when I look back at, my, you know, the rough times or it was just annoying or, or whatever, like the best part always was the people you met and the people that you might have impact on, the people that kind of have the impact on you. And so, you know, for me, that's kind of like a, a big motivation for me. I, I really want to be in a position to help other people make their dreams come true. You know, I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that have ideas. You know, I used to have, you know, NCOs, or I want to start a food truck, or I want to start this, or, you know, all these people just like want to do these things. And there's people that like, I believe in, I really care about that. You know, what a feeling it would be if I could actually have that opportunity to enable these people to, to do the things that they want to do. Um, and so to me, you know, if I can put together this big company, if I can make a good amount of money, um, you know, I'm just excited for the opportunity to, to see what kind of impact I can make on just other people and like what kind of companies, you know, like I really look at this company as like one of the best things that ever happened to me for better or worse, if it works out or if it doesn't. It's been just such an inspirational, uplifting thing for me. And I, I'm hoping that I can provide that to other people. Um, and I hope I can kind of facilitate that process for them. So you know, whether it's through a company and actually like building up people in the company through you know, developing them through different positions or, you know, trying to create some sort of fund or something to help fund other companies and help develop other people's dreams and yours. Dude, that's such a powerful why. I mean, it's like, we talk about it all the time. And I read an awesome book called The Go-Giver, which like talks about that the key to receiving is actually giving, that you must give before you receive. receive. But this why behind what it would mean for this, you know, this, uh, this company to take off and achieve the level of success that you want to achieve and, and what you have planned and and helping so many other people is, is super powerful. I think, I think this is one of the most unique, um, ideas that I've ever heard of. I mean, I totally think it solves a a major problem out there and it's going to be huge. My people listening here, I mean, how, how can they get a hold of you? If someone's listening, they want to follow up with you. I mean, do you have a website or, or what's the easiest way on social media to get a hold of you for people who want to follow up and, and talk to you? Um, yeah, I have a website, ubsunscreen.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, you know, Michael Kerwin. Um, yeah, send me an email through or like send me a message through LinkedIn or through my website. Yeah, I'm always here. I know what it feels like to get rejected by people to not you know, give advice or not kind of be there. And like, I mean, I can't believe people would even be asking my advice at this point, but you know, I'm, I'm always available for, for people for me advice or if they just need some inspiration or, or whatever. Um, so I'm always, always out for, for uh, entrepreneurs and trying to progress them. So, you know, please reach out to me if you need yeah, absolutely, dude. Thank you again for coming on. This was an awesome show with incredible content. And and just to see like full cycle of how you work through the prototype stage, the idea stage, they're now pitching it to major retailers or mom and pop and major retailers. Like that's that's so cool, man. I appreciate you coming on. Again, I can't tell you how unique and innovative I think this idea is. And I, I think it very well could be the uh, the future of, of the sunscreen industry and, and what it's going to look like, dude. So I appreciate it again, Mike. You're the man, brother. And uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on Wealth Science. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. And good luck for this podcast. I hope it really uh, takes off. Thank you. Thanks, brother. See you later. 
Hey, thanks again for listening to the Wealth Science Podcast. Take some time to subscribe and leave us a review. It really is the basis that helps us continue to bring on amazing guests each week. We have another incredible story to share next week, and I'm certain it's going to add value to this community. Please do not hesitate to reach out if there's anything I can do to help you in your journey of attaining financial freedom. Thank you again for listening, and we will see you next week.